Hey everyone, I'm Karen Walby Solomon, and welcome to What's IGN Crushing On, IGN Africa's official entertainment podcast. I'm your host, and I'm joined as always by my producer and editor Rebecca Barchers. So, this is a show where we discuss all things entertainment and pop culture with a new guest every week. We bring recommendations, news, and fun facts sometimes touching on the more serious issues surrounding these topics. Hello and welcome to episode four. Um, I'm joined here today by Leanne Philipson. Hello, Leanne. Hello. How's it going, Karen? I'm good. And you? Yeah, I'm good. Freezing a little, but uh, <laughs> surviving. Oh, you had a bit of like a snow adventure this weekend. Tell us about it. Indeed. We took a drive out to Franschhoek and we went to the Montrachal Nature Reserve. There was snow everywhere. It was wonderful. <laughs> but just a PSA to people living in South Africa. Actually, anyway, the cocoa is still real. And when you are out in public, please wear your mask. I was just like, I think people assume because they're hiking in the outdoors, they don't need to be wearing masks. But it was really crowded and people were not being safe. So get your shit together. Maybe they think like the snow. (laughs) Maybe you think the snow is like (laughs) protects them from COVID. (laughs) Cold air was going to protect them. Either way, it was gorgeous out there. Luckily, not too cold, but enough to see the snow and feel like I was in the Swiss Alps for a while. How was your weekend? <laughs> Good. I um, So I did see a bit of snow driving through the but I didn't get out the car. So, um, but yeah, I went on safari and it was a lot of fun. I was also frozen yesterday morning because it was mm-hmm. in almost in Sutherland, the, um, the game lodge or the game reserve. And um, I was, we were going and we drove through mist and like there's a picture of us oh, wow. on the safari thing afterwards and we all literally looks like blocks of ice like we were just sitting there. at one point like a <laughs> tour guy told us to look out for a rhino like because we, we were that whole weekend we were looking for the, i don't know whether the, if this rhino is is just like everywhere and like just not where we were and so we like we went over time looking for this rhino so he's like okay look out i couldn't move my neck anymore I was just in one position. I was like, you better come in this eye way because I'm moving no other way. <laughs> but we did end up seeing. Yeah, being, being on the open top safari track is not fun when it's cold and it windy and miserable. was frozen. But like, it was a lot of fun and it was worth it in the end, I think. I did have a good time. And um, a, a, I told you earlier, but a rhino ended up charging at us. But luckily, our, our tour guide Bertrus was very well trained, and he just he knew what to do, and he like zoomed past. Yeah, he gave us like so many fun facts. Like I was like, "Wow, that's so interesting!" I know I would be interested in the wildebeest. The wildebeest just like hopped over, just gave us like a side eye. We had a, a, a ostrich dance for us. Um, yeah, no, it was it was a very fun weekend. Like, like. I don't know, I'm not a necessarily like a nature person, but um, mm-hmm. this is the second time I've done safari and I've enjoyed it both times. So, well, I mean, yeah. So I feel like I'm maybe I'm warming up to the nature vibes. 
I mean, it helps when the safari is accompanied by like five star chalets <laughs> or at least a decent chalet with. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a tainted property. person. I, I, I don't have that capacity. I'm yeah, not trying to be on a campsite. Yeah, You're no, just no, trying to no, no, no. look at the animals. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours of animals a day enough for me, and then. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I had a good weekend. Um, but I did. Uh, News-wise, I did also see, even though the place I was at had no deception and, like, Wi-Fi that was only pertinent in some areas, but um, uh, I did so see that um, that that Joey Kovitz and Channing Tatum are now official. Well, I mean, I don't know for sure, but, I mean, like, everyone's saying it. But it's, like, their second or third outing in, like, a three-week period. Mm. And she was laughing hysterically at his jokes because Channing Tatum is so funny. (laughs) Hey, now, come now. I've watched 21 Jump Street. He's very funny. (laughs) 22 Jump Street, even better. That scene where, um, where Jonah Hill sleeps with Ice Cube's daughter. And then he dances around the office. Oh, my gosh. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. I laugh so much. (laughs) <laughs> so, so Channing Tatum can get it apparently because no. he's funny and he can dance and he yeah Channing Tatum yeah but you um, I don't know I like I, I was reading um, this other journalist I like Aunt Dad it's a newsletter and she was like you know they, they're cute granted she's too cool for him but she's also too cool for everybody so you've got to be like you know I feel like it's the same vein of like, I mean, maybe not, but kind of similar, like Rihanna and ASAP Rocky. Because everyone's like, apparently that's getting so serious engagement rumors are around the corner. Oh, gosh. Everyone's like, no, this has gone too far. (laughs) She's too cool. Everybody stop. (laughs) We need to intervene. (laughs) Like, call a prayer circle, get people together, make these women realize what's happening. Because you are like... But then who is cool enough for Rihanna? Zoe Kravitz is cool enough for Rihanna. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, in my in my dream universe, like, let them get together. Just break the internet. Maybe that's what we need to heal the world. Like, <laughs> But um, you were saying before we recorded that, like, the celebrity thing of, like, laughing hysterically at something that they posted. oh yeah it was uh i think there was a there's a series of photos it was anna de armas la- laughing at ben affleck and then zendaya laughing at tom holland and it was like men aren't that funny you cannot be lo- with your head falling backwards like with your hand on your knee you are not laughing that hard at a man like- <laughs> yeah no, I just I wanted to say I just saw the opposite one where also where Andrew Garfield is laughing hysterically for something Emma Stone said, and like people were like it's not that funny. Like, <laughs> okay, to be fair, Emma Stone's so is an odd character. Talking about Andrew Garfield, um, so I saw this this video, and I feel like you would have more background to it than I would because you you watch slightly more more stuff, um, of Andrew Garfield and Stephen Colbert, like making out on the Stephen Colbert show on on um, do I don't know, know. there's probably like a skit that they, they did why was it happening it's probably like a yeah, skit or something it started as like so Colbert was asking him why he was kissing Ryan Reynolds at some award show then Andrew Garfield was like no 
because I just wanted him to know that even if he lost, he still meant the same to me. And so <laughs> I just wanted to show him that I still love him regardless. And then Colby was like, okay, cool. So you're, you're comfortable just kissing men. And then Andrew Garfield was like, well, that's a stupid question to ask. And Colby was like, yeah, it, it kind of is. Like, I'm comfortable kissing men. So, I mean, that's fine. And then they just started kissing. And I was like, wow, this is an interesting, like, scene. Why have I not seen it before? Like, how, have, okay, how is it gonna only watch now that. in my consciousness? <laughs> I'm going to watch it right after this. I need, to, I need that <laughs> I in my life. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Definitely need to watch that. Um, I mean, I don't talking know. about Andrew Garfield, mm-hmm. have you seen the new Spider-Man trailer? Of course, I have. Are you mad? Like the minute I saw it on Twitter, I was like, I was like, have to watch it. No, I love my my boy Spidey with my whole entire heart and soul. I would I would die for Spider-Man. Um, so I'm Spider Man in general or Tom Spider Man in general. I love him. I love him so much. He's my favorite um comic book hero. I just think he's like so funny and so like, and also I always like his villains and I like his storylines and stuff. But um, yeah, I know I'm really excited. I I I love the other Spider Man movies, even the the Andrew Garfield ones, and um, so I'm like. I do think that Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man and I don't, and it's annoying to make that kind of, but he is the most like accurate and I do think he's really good at it. But, um, but I also just love all of them. So I don't really, I don't really want to make the whole, the whole comparison thing. Which Spider-Man yeah. was the best. I'm just excited for the return of all the villains. I mean, we've got Doc Ock in the mix. There was the, the fact that they did not even need to put Willem Dafoe in as Green mm. Goblin, they just needed his laugh, was like yeah. fine tingling. It was amazing. Jamie Foxx. Oh. Um, yeah, no, I'm excited. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Um that was actually like probably I watched it a few times and and I think they did such a good job of like giving us information to like thirst over and get excited over, but also leaving out enough that we can still guess and there will still be surprises, hopefully. And and I like that. And I, even though we, are, we still have quite a while to go before the movie comes out, um, I, getting, I, I, I usually get annoyed at trailers about how much they show us. But mm-hmm. I think that, that it, like, it, it gave us a good balance and... It was a really wild director trailer, and I'm excited. But also, Marvel Marvel's got an interesting run of, especially towards the later later movies, um, Avengers, Endgame, and Infinity War, of putting in a things that don't actually make final yeah. cut of the movie. So, like fans draw one conclusion, and like that isn't even in there, or tampering <laughs> with the footage. So, like not showing, yeah things as they would appear in the film like if if Andrew Garfield mm-hmm. and Toby Maguire do make an appearance and they haven't included them on purpose like those sorts of things so I'm like it is I'm keen to see what the next trailer looks like but most of all I'm just I'm keen for the movie to come to be released because yeah yeah the impatience is sitting in <laughs> talking about like movie trailers did you see the trailer for Diana the Kristen Stewart Yes. I mean, I saw the poster before I saw the trailer 
And I was like, mm. this is going to be epic. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to potentially borderline get a little bit royal family fatigue. But maybe that's <laughs> my yeah, own fault because I consume so much royal family like content. Mm. Um, content. There's, there's just so much out at the moment. And so I'm interested to see Kristen Stewart pull off Diana because I was skeptical of the casting if I can put it that way like mm. it didn't completely make sense to me when I first heard about it um but seeing the trailer I mean she's she's it sounds like she's pulling it off I've heard her accent got has gotten great reviews so far I even I, I'm like on the opposite I'm like I'm not I'm not buying it but I, I get that the trailer is kind of short but I don't know, like, when I look at her, I just see Kristen Stewart. I don't see Diana. I see... And I don't know if it's because she's just such a recognizable actor or, or I don't think she looks enough like Diana. But I just... I see... I just see, like, Kristen Stewart. And, mm-hmm. I, yeah, maybe I just need to see more, like... And also, like, I didn't hear enough in the trailer to sort of, like, get the accent. Like, she says... She doesn't say enough to me for, for me to kind of like to yeah, gauge whether sees... it's good or not. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, obviously the proof is in the pudding, like in the actual movie, like if she can handle the mannerisms, if she can pull it off, then, you know, like I can't mm-hmm. judge from just the trailer, but I'm not, I don't feel enticed by the trailer. Like it hasn't encouraged, like encouraged me to want to watch the movie more than. And also, I think based on everything I've read, it's it's a very narrow, not narrow, it's set in a very specific yeah, I like part that, of Diana's story. Mm. So it's literally, I think, that just those three days where she decides to finally divorce Charles. Um, mm. And so I, it is going to be, I think, interesting because there is so much to her story and we all are so aware of her story that maybe focusing on just this one part means you get more of the character development you get more of that depth yeah. you get more i like that though of like the motivation i like narrow cool. biopics like like mm. Rainey's black bottom like i like the fact oh no no even better um one night in miami like just showing these characters on this specific day and how they react to a certain situation and what you can learn about the characters mm-hmm. through that specific like time period is i think is such a brilliant way of of telling a story. And I, I think that the way that, that we've been doing biopics before, like, I mean, I still enjoy the long biopic. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it. But like, we've it's also been done so many times. It'll be, it's interesting now to see mm. the sort of like, the sliver, especially somebody like that we know so much of their lives. Like a lot of, mm. I feel like a lot of public figures, we don't actually know a lot about their younger lives or their, you know, their stories. But when it comes to someone like Diana, who we, I mean, it's it's every two minutes on ITV, there's another Diana doc- documentary. Um, <laughs> Everything has Crown been dissected and done. Is that movie with um, Naomi Watts? Like, there's a lot on her. Um, mm. So maybe just this one sliver is quite interesting. It's like the Queen. Like, it was, I mean, there wasn't a biopic on the Queen. It was just the Queen and dealing with the crisis after Diana's death. It yes. was that kind of aspect of it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, as I said, like, you know, maybe maybe the movie will, maybe I will want to see the movie, again, like, later. But, yeah, 
after it comes out. I don't know what to say. But yeah, talking about public figures, today on the show, we have Jessica Batten, who is from Love is Blind. So um, about two episodes ago, yeah, we had like a, oh, you weren't here, you were absent that day. But um, <laughs> the, um, Ted and Stain, Ted and Stain like guest host with me, hosted with me. And we were talking about Love is Blind, the TV show. And like, so basically a couple of years, so background for anybody who hasn't watched the show. So maybe a year or so ago, just before the pandemic, um, she, there was a show that came out about these couples in Atlanta or these singles in Atlanta and they go in these pods and they talk to people through the pods and then they try and make connections with people. And you can only see the person once you propose. And then you propose, y'all go on a vacation together and anytime, you're allowed to back out at any time, like whatever. And then you go on a vacation together, get to know each other a bit better. Then you move in for a week and then you get married. You prepare for your wedding and you get married. So that's like the timeline of the story. In the original show, what happened was two couples ended up getting married and it's been like two or so years and they're still married. And there were three couples that said no at the altar. There were some that said no before the time. Oh, wow. So there was, um, what's, what is these people's names now? So Jessica, who, who was on the show and Mark, she said no when they got to the altar and then Damien and Damien and what is Damien's girl's name? Um, Giannina. Damien and Giannina. He said no at the altar. But what ended up happening is after like that initial like embarrassment, they ended up dating. And then they were still dating like by, the, by this year. And then um, Kenny and Kelly were another couple and she said no. And they went their separate ways. So Mark and Jessica went to separate okay. and Kelly. And then two years later, they had a reunion. It was like an anniversary party for the two couples who ended up getting married. And everybody told mm-hmm. their stories, sort of like what, how their lives had changed since the show, what we didn't get to see on the show. And, um, and sort of like, yeah, like what has happened since and what friendships have been made and stuff. And Jessica in the original show, she was sort of like, like, edited as the villain like you know she didn't really she 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 didn't really like the guy she was with um mm-hmm. she, like people said she was stringing him along and stuff like that and then she kind of liked this other guy who was with another girl type thing she also had a connection with him and um anyway she was like painted as the villain and then in the reunion show like they kind of showed her side of the story and like they showed how she you know, she was sort of, like, villainized, but also, like, she didn't really get explained and how Mark was actually, like, cheating on her, the guy that she was with, and she knew that something was oh, off. Oh, wow. And, um, and, like, and, like, just, like, her story since. And it was it was really interesting. And it sort of gave us sort of a redemption arc. Um, and when, we, when I chatted to her, it was really nice because she was, like, so open. But she also was so, like, she didn't take herself seriously, man. So she was just, like she was so self-aware and she made jokes and she just like, she was so chill about what has happened. Like, I think she's like far removed enough from the situation to just like talk candidly yeah. about it. And um, it was really lovely that she, that she did the interview with us. And um, she had actually listened to the podcast before doing the interview, which was wild. Um, and we did it at like, 
was like seven o'clock year and she lives in in california so it was like early morning by her and it was like hot and she was wearing like a sun hat and i was like in like three bundles of clothes um <laughs> but anyway we had like a really great conversation and she and we spoke about like a lot of the stuff that happened on the show um and her life since and yeah um i don't know what else to say about this, this is like a very good primer for anyone who did not watch a show if you did watch a show i'm sorry that you had to just go through all this minutes of me recapping everything but, but yeah, here's our interview with Jessica. That's so, that's so touching. My <laughs> it's funny when you, when you listen to someone, especially a podcast, right? Because mm. it's so in-depth and things like that. So you definitely feel like you. Yeah. Person, so. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you for listening, my word. Um, so like, how glad. are you? How was, how has this time been for you? I'm good. Um, it's been really amazing, right? Um, there's been kind of an outpouring of love and of mm. course that feels really good. And I feel, uh, kind of a relief, you know, yeah. having story out there, um, and feeling kind of validated and all those things. Mm. But I think also anytime, for me specifically having all of these eyes on me. Yeah. It's a lot on your nervous system. Mm. Um, it's like, I always use this analogy when you think someone's talking about you yeah. <laughs> and it really bothers you to the point where you're, you know, thinking, spending your time, your mind's being consumed by it. It's like that times millions, you know? So, oh my gosh. but it, I mean, it's been lovely and so many amazing people have reached out and, um so for those things I'm super grateful so like okay so let's go back to the original season so did you feel kind of like I I don't know I want to say upset but like like (laughs) horrible about like the way you were portrayed in the show I did Mm. it was super embarrassing you know because I'm someone, you know, I've been working my whole life. Mm. So I have an entire professional life. It's yeah. not like I was going on this show to try to become a, you know, hundred percent of the time Instagram influencer or something mm. like that. So it was, you know, quite embarrassing and it was um, definitely draining on my mental health. And I had to kind of pull those things together pretty quickly. Um but yeah, it was, it was pretty tough to handle. And, you know, just learning that social media can be a very yeah. dark place. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty tough, but I'm just glad I had some great friends around me and that allowed me to really mm-hmm. pull myself through it and kind of lean on my faith um, to get through all of that. But now, you know, I'm kind of glad that I'm glad that it all happened the way that it did because there have been a lot of great things to come from it. And now I think there's kind of a broader lesson um, in all of it for me mm. anyway. But why did you, why did you decide to go on the show originally? Um, I love the concept actually. Mm. And I was just getting out of this weird relationship that was probably so far from what I was really looking for for the rest of my life. And I thought, uh, all my friends are kind of settling down and doing their thing and the monotony of mm. you know, being in my career. And that's always been first for me. 
I kind of wanted to just throw a wrench in the whole damn thing and just shake it up and have some fun and create some excitement. Um, so I thought, why not? And the way they were pitching it, it's mm-hmm. like you're really when you're in this whole social media dating arena, it's swiping left and swiping right, yeah. and it is so desensitized. So it was alluring, right? To think about the concept of, you know, liking someone for what's on the inside versus mm-hmm. the outside. And I, and I really liked, um, the concept of that. I think in reality, it plays out a bit differently than yeah. something black and white, but, um, yeah, I really, I loved the concept and just where I was in my life. I, you know, I was willing to take a chance. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I didn't know, none of us knew it was going to end up being, you know, the, the biggest reality show yeah. on Netflix, you know, <laughs> after the whole thing wrapped that, you know, it would not get any airtime whatsoever, but Hey, here we are. And it was like a a couple of years between you record, like you guys recording it and then it coming on the air, wasn't it? Like it was about a year and a half after. Sure. And then also remembering what happened, you know, we're like, (laughs) I had no idea. Thank thank goodness. I kept a journal um, because that helped dog my memory quite a bit, but yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty wild how big it got. So how did you deal with sort of like the social media response, like the memes and that kind of things? Like, I can't even imagine like you super. Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, the good thing is I don't take myself too seriously mm-hmm. and you know, some of the editing that they did, I could definitely find the difference between myself and, and the character, mm-hmm. um, of Jessica on the show. So that was really helpful for my psychological well-being. Mm. Um, a lot of counseling, you yeah. know, I've been to a therapist every week since that show aired and I won't ever go back regardless of kind of what space I'm in mm. mentally friends, friends to take over Instagram and, um, mm. strong friends, you know, some, some friends, you know, walked away and some friends I walked away from because it just, you know, the older I get and the more things I go through, the smaller my circle becomes. Mm. And that's, you know, really important to me. Um, but just having the right people around me and, you know, not taking myself very seriously, I'm pretty self-deprecating as it is. Um, you know, some of the memes I, I laughed at a good amount. Um, but yeah, there were some really hurtful days, right? Like Mm. there would be days where I would get a little bit more confidence. And so I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go into social media. Like, I feel like people are kind of over it or, you know, some of these things And like, you know, one day I I just remember I was out with my boyfriend, we were in Laguna beach and, um, was having a blast. And I went back and I like randomly got on there. And this person said, this guy actually slid in and he was like, I can't believe you haven't killed yourself yet. (gasps) So what is this? And it was the way he's like, we're all waiting. And it was the way he kind of like punctuated it. I was just like, God, just didn't think about saying this to someone, mm. but then just like the way his punctuations were, I'm just like, I don't know why I was so like, I was hanging on that, but it was mm. so crazy. And I just, you know, in that moment, it's just horrific, you know, mm. and it was something that ruined, you know, the entire weekend. And see, it's a dark place. You'll have those things happen. Um, but more so than anything, it's just putting up guardrails around yeah. allowing yourself to do that. And it was like, I would learn those lessons from those moments mm. and to just put up guardrails around myself and have, you know, the right people in my life, thankfully, um, to help me through it. 
So do you think like in the show, everybody was joking about you worrying about the age gap between you and Mark, but do you think that may, like, this is what I realized was that maybe it's like you sort of like harping on something because you knew something was off in the relationship. And that was like an easy thing to, to, to hold on to. Right. It was interesting the way it played out that I was ageist. um, And I did keep saying, you know, 24 versus 34 Mm. and, there, there was something to that in terms of the viewers only see such a small percentage of everything that happened in the pods and outside the pods, my feeling. And I felt it almost immediately when I was spending time with Mark in real life was that in the pods, he was projecting something totally different than Mm. what his real life was and who he was as a person. Mm. Um, to me, it was an experience, I think, mm. um, was the way that I was kind of like interpreting it because I felt like he wasn't owning who he really was. I felt like he didn't know who he really was. Mm. Like he didn't know what he really wanted. He just wanted something, you know? Yeah. And to me, that wasn't what I've waited so long for. Mm. So I almost immediately knew. And I think that's why I kept saying, you're 24 years old. I'm trying to help him see that you know, there's so much more, um, to learn about himself. Yeah. Right. Before he puts himself in a situation where, um, it's really hard to unwind. Mm. And I kind of like got that your intuition knew that, you know, something, you know, some, he wasn't all what he appeared to be. (laughs) Exactly. It was pretty much immediately. Mm. So I know that like the union painted like this very pretty picture, but like, how many, like, which of the cars did you really, like, keep in contact with? Actually, it was most of the people that you didn't even see. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is funny. I had two very good girlfriends in there. One, um, I called her my little yogi. She would do, she would take me through a yoga session every single day. And she was just this really calming force. Mm. She got engaged. And we were whisked off to this hotel yeah. and I was just, you know, I'll see her on the other side. I'll see her in Mexico. Little did I know she was gone. Um, she didn't get to move on with the show. The same with my other friend, Lexi. And we really had this bond through our faith mm-hmm. as well. So it's like the people who were in there that I could really kind of, um, who I had bonded with mm-hmm. and who I like I could open up with, which is really important in this type of experience because yeah. you're cut off completely from everything, everyone and everyone, everything and everyone you know. Um, they were kind of gone. Mm. So going into the reunion, they were all back. So I was looking forward to seeing all of them. Of course, Kelly is, you know, such a good friend, um, mm. as well as Penny. So it was, it was great to see all those guys. But like as you're saying that I'm thinking, like, you know. If you're in a situation like that and your support system is cut off from you and then you think you found a new support system and that's also cut off from you, I can imagine how that can affect your psyche. Yeah, that was really tough, actually. And um, yeah, those guys were just totally gone. And here we were. And all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, this is not the same person Mm. who's I felt like it was more kind of like perform a performance. Yeah. Once I met Mark in real life, I'm like wait, who was this person? And there were a lot of kind of lies Mm. that I found out. Um, and nothing crazy, you know, but just things like embellishments. Um, so here I am and I'm going, what on earth? And 
my friends are gone. And guess who's the other person that I connected with? <laughs> Barnett. So <laughs> I swear that all kind of plays out too. Cause I'm like, that's the next closest person to me. Mm. Um, which, you know, obviously um, caused some trouble for me as well. Yeah. With the reunion, were you like, were you glad to be back? Were you glad that you could see everyone again? Because it seemed kind of awkward, but. Um... Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I have love for everyone that was a part of the show. And, um, you know, especially the folks that weren't shown that that came back. I love those guys so much. But yeah, I have love for all those people. And although, you know, it was difficult to walk back in, um, most of that was because of Mark and his mm-hmm. girlfriend and they didn't have showing up. So, yeah. So why, why do you think you blocked? Let's, let's ask this question from Barnett's Instagram. Oh yeah. It was so strange because we were talking and the funny thing is like, he and I had a totally different relationship um, that I don't think you see. It was very kind of professional. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about a lot, you know, a lot about our work and um, you know, he's an engineer and he knows tech. And mm-hmm. so we talked about a lot of those things and that's actually what we're talking about on Instagram he was trying to purchase the software that I sell yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't see his page anymore. Um, so I don't know what made him block me, but that was before the show aired, of course. Mm. Um, so I'm sure he would have blocked me after the show aired and how everything looked. Um, but yeah, I think he has a lot of respect for Amber and I, I think Amber doesn't want to, mm. um, exist in my same world so what do you do you're gonna side with your wife and yeah. you know that's united front so I respect that so have you guys not made up since the reunion no there's been there's been zero communication I mean I suppose it's healthier for all of you I suppose I don't think there's yeah. any reason for us to be friends except yeah. you know that we were filming a show and I thought hey I'm coming to their party mm. I didn't think twice about buying a gift I bought a gift for both couples and it wasn't even really, I mean, I was really more focused on seeing Mark and how mm-hmm. Mark was going to um, react to me telling the story. Mm. And that's really what I was focused on. I wasn't even thinking about this whole thing with the Barnetts. So I was just kind of bringing a gift for each couple and, um, you know, just kind of attending a party that I was invited to. And I had no idea that was all coming. Um, like, so did you, did you return the gift? Like what happened? <laughs> what happened? No, I haven't. Yeah. I have those champagne glasses actually. <laughs> I just brought them home. It was so awkward. I remember, um, I think I like actually had the Tiffany's box with me on the plane too. Cause you can't really pack those. <laughs> <I'm just> like... <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> weird because I, I was giving him the gift back. Yeah. So I was just and they're like this and I don't think you can really see it in the shot but I was just like oh do you <laughs> it was so awkward oh my gosh <laughs> like you guys are mad just take the gift like even if you don't you don't have to see it again just take the damn gift <laughs> exactly it's like I've been in a relationship for a year and a half like I live across the country like I'm not trying to do anything here except for attend your party and try to be like as amicable as I can here, which I have no, I do not have any negative feelings towards them mm. whatsoever. I mean, even with everything that played out, like I still am so unattached from yeah them and that situation that I don't even care like 
this dragging in the media and things like this, like I'm not even, Mm. I don't have any emotional attachment to this whatsoever. My boyfriend actually, he's like, this is crazy. He doesn't live in the world of like conflict and drama (laughs) like this, but he actually slid into Barnett's DMs once because you know, they had posted something or whatever. I obviously can't see, but he mm-hmm. saw it and, um, he's just like, Hey, you know, can we make amends or something like that? Cause mm-hmm. he's just, trying to, um, kind of solve this for me. Right. And that just, you know, created this whole thing as well. So at this point, I'm not going to beat myself up for it anymore. You know, I'm moving on and clearly they want to move on mm-hmm. thinking I don't exist. So, so. So have you heard from Mark? Have I talked to him? Yeah. No, I have not. Okay. I have not spoken with him. Um, but yeah, I think he has a new baby and a Mm. wife and a whole family. So I know that's something he wanted. So I'm happy Mm. for him. So yeah, maybe he's also made peace with everything. Yeah, I think so. And I think he just doesn't want to be a part of the show anymore. And, mm. um, you know, so that's, that's definitely his prerogative. I wish he would have shown up to the reunion party. I guess of a closure. Right. And um, I wanted him to kind of step into the light a bit and, mm. and tell the story together. Right. Yeah. I think that would have provided me with a bit more closure, but you know, at this point it's, it is what it is. I laughed when you were like, um, like you and Elsie have the same tasting guys. You're like, I'm not dating a near my boyfriend. <laughs> funny. <laughs> so funny. She said a ton of guys sliding in her DMs, by the way. Oh, okay. Good to <laughs> know. Good to know. <laughs> uh, she's like, Jessica met her boyfriend through Instagram. Why can't I? <laughs> it's, I feel like it's the new kind of Tinder lighting in the dms my my best friend just got engaged and her Mm. boyfriend met her we were at this um church event like the singles event and she posted a picture publicly and tagged where we were and he slid into her they just got engaged five years later sure so it happens (laughs) oh god i need to try that like (laughs) i I feel like it works i'm hearing so many (laughs) success stories so when you watched the series back, was there anything like that surprised you? Like the, during other people's confessionals or anything like that? Um, I think the thing that surprised me, well, I guess this is more with seeing it play back and everything with Damien and Francesca. Yeah. I think it's the thing that surprises me maybe the most of the whole series because I obviously had a really like a tough time in the original series. Mm-hmm. And we all do really foolish things when it comes to love, right? Like, I think we're all like, that was a strange moment for him to have her come to this party. Mm. Um, But what I would say about Damien is probably of the whole entire cast. I think he's one of the more um, just better humans. Mm. Like he actually was someone who was there for me more than most when the last season came out. And I think he's, you know, unlike a lot of reality television personalities isn't trying to just get ahead and be on the right side of the story and things like that. He's actually a really decent human. Mm. So for me, seeing that whole situation play out was really hard. Um, Cause I'm going, damn, you're such a good guy and you're a good friend. And mm. 
it's actually much more relatable than it looks there. Um, so that was, that was kind of strange. And then the whole Amber and Barnett thing, I was just kind of like shocked, you know, like I had no idea that there was this massive descent Mm. still towards me. Um, so that was really shocking. Yeah. And I I just loved seeing diamond do her thing. (laughs) Mostly. I mean, I I was like that. She's got so much more airtime in the in the reunion than she did in the original show. Oh yeah, and she had no idea she was going to get that much airtime. But I'm like, you need to have some people reaching out to you to host their show, or yeah. you know, <laughs> at least do like stand up comedy show and take it on the road. <laughs> She's so funny. <laughs> but 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 in the like, what you were saying about Damien, do you see kind of like comparisons to what to how you were treated after the original ones to how he's being treated now? Absolutely. It's just like, oh, this person's a piece of crap. And, mm. you know, this couldn't be further from the truth. He's actually just such a kind human. Mm. Um, he's someone you want to have in your corner and he's going to be in your corner. He's just um, a really decent person. Mm. Like I say, that's hard to find in this world. I'm, you know, a part of now yeah. this whole reality world. Um, he's a hard worker. He's a, you know, just a, has a good heart. So I hate to see that happening to him. I hate to see it happening to Amber and Mark as well. You know, this uh, world of social media and this world of reality TV, it's very polarizing. One mm. person's in, one person's out. And it's, you know, it's all entertainment at the end of the day. It's like, yeah. I like to say, choose to be entertained and choose to be kind. So these people are, you know, airing out some very personal things. This is a very high pressure situation. And we all act a bit unnatural once the cameras are rolling. And what you said earlier is so true. Like it's the character separate to the person. So, right. So, like you have, like everybody's going to put on a character when you find in front of a camera and the person is so different to who that really is. Exactly. So do you have any regrets over, over everything? Uh, regrets. I really don't. I feel like everything has kind of happened for a reason. Um, and I feel like I'm in a great place now. It was really hard to sit on a lot of the things that I had to own for a year and a half. Mm. But I'm just glad that Kinetic and Netflix gave me the opportunity to come out with my story and um, to tell another side of it. Because I think yeah. it also puts perspective when people are watching these one-sided stories that there is always more going on behind the scenes. Mm. Um so that was really important for me. I would say, you know, of course I would like to take back some of those, um, less sober moments in the original series, you know, but, um, to like, I don't know, it was, it was good for entertainment. And, um, you know, I think there were also a lot of lessons that could be learned from, from that and kind of looking back on myself in that way too. So not, not too many regrets really. Never and thought I'd say it. Just <laughs> led you to like to who you are today and the relationship you have now, which you look so happy in. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely happier than ever in the relationship mm. that I have now. I think it's just um choosing to be in the relationship for the right reasons mm. and really having worked on myself for so long and kind of being single for like that five year stretch, I was pretty mm. much unattached that time, taking that time to figure out who I really am, who I really 
you know, want to potentially find in the future, but Hey, if I don't find someone that's okay too. Um, I think that's what has led me to, you know, ultimately being in the happy place that I'm in now. Mm -hmm. It's, um, just choosing to be whole on my own and not looking for it in someone else. Oh, right. Um, cause that's what I was kind of throwing myself into this opportunity going, Hey, like everyone else finding someone and here I am. And I'm kind of the odd man out. Um, and as you can see that played out in a very unnatural and, and a not good way for me. Mm. So I think, you know, taking my time and just, it, Hey, if it doesn't happen, that's okay. It doesn't happen. And you know, I I'll do something different. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's really the key and the biggest lesson that, that I've learned. Okay. So just like slightly off topic, but the question we ask everybody is who was your first celebrity crush? So who was your first? Oh, this is really funny. Cause he's like in the news right now. <laughs> ben Affleck is like, is, was like, I love the guy. <laughs> the funniest thing is, so Ben, my boyfriend sent me a screenshot of Ben Affleck and JLo kissing. And he's like, I just opened Google and my heart dropped because I thought this was me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? It actually, the picture he sent me kind of did look like him. So it's kind of funny. But he always makes fun of me that I have a huge crush on Ben Affleck because poor Ben, like the paparazzi always gets him when he's out with his Dunkin' Donuts on his on his coffee runs, and he looks horrible. I'm like, like sad a face. <laughs> yes, he always looks so depressed. I'm like, he's a good-looking man. I feel like he's so much fun to hang out with. He's highly intelligent. That's my guy, and I like the name. oh jessica thank you so much for this this was so lovely this was so great um yeah no thanks (laughs) um nice to talk to you and i love your podcast so thanks for having me on uh thanks so much (laughs) yeah from all of us in south africa like um we just want to say like so many people message me to tell me like just tell her that we're sorry for for the first season and we love (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) it's so funny one of my really good friends here in southern california is from south africa she's kind of she's kind of back and forth well not right now obviously okay but um she's she's kind of been with me every step of the way here so she'll she'll love hearing this (laughs) oh thanks so much jace That was our interview with Jessica Batten. Love is Blind. You can watch on Netflix. Um, you can find her on Instagram at, at Jessica Batten underscore. So, Leanne, it's time for our favorite segment of the show. So, what have you been crashing on? I have been crushing on the flight mm-hmm. attendant with Baby Coco at Rosie Perez and Michiel Hisman. Mm. Oh my what's that man? Um, I'm very weak for that man, Leanne. I can't deal. I know. I was so bleak because like he okay, spoilers. Um he dies in like the first <gasps> episode. So but and the plus side, like because the minute he died, I was like, you would not cost someone like that to mm. just like disappear so he's actually a recurring character um through flashbacks and other stuff and it is honestly such a good series we were not expecting it to be so good um 
but it had us hooked from the first episode. The music, honestly, it's one of those shows where you pay attention to so many things outside of just the show, if that makes sense. Like the music was fantastic in terms of creating anxiety and mm. the tension and the stress and the pace. Um, and the other thing I loved about it, which I was so delayed at clocking, but once I clocked it, I couldn't unsee it, was the fact that it's one of those shows where every single storyline is driven by a strong female character. So it's Katie Coco who plays a flight attendant who goes through something very traumatic and it's all about her trying to deal with that. And in her trying to deal with that, she ropes in her best friend who's a lawyer played by Zasia. Yeah. Um, brilliant, brilliant actress. Really great chemistry and scene work. Like they're they're so good together. And then Rosie Perez plays like the mother figure, but who also has a dark secret and does her own stuff. And then there is an assassin who is played by my only frame of reference for her is a character in Doctor mm. Who, and I have forgotten the actress's Michelle. name. Michelle. Why the last time I spoke to you, I like. See her name, Michelle Gomez. Michelle Gomez. Michelle Gomez, you are correct. Um, <laughs> clap hands. And so it was honestly like all of them so good. It gets you hooked. Really, really great show. Um, and then the other thing, which we ended up watching by chance after a horrible day at work, and we both needed to, my husband and I needed to not think, um, we ended up watching The Meg. Mm-hmm on netflix which i remember when it came out was slated as like just this horrible dramatic over-the-top monster movie which is its own genre but honestly such a (laughs) jewel to watch like it's got jason statham it's got a couple of other people who look familiar but like who knows what their names are And just the casting is on point. The acting is on point. The plot is a stupid, ridiculous monster movie plot. But it's brilliant. It's so much fun. It gives you the jump scares. It gives you the laughter. It's even got the romance that you want to ship. Like, such a jewel. If you are looking for something mindless and fun and, like, a little bit chaotic. (laughs) Because Jason Statham trying to, like, spear a megadalon. Like, a mega... Was (laughs) Anyway, it's just, it's so, it's so extra and lovely and fun and wonderful. So yeah, give it a shot if you haven't. (laughs) And, and for me, I have, I've been a bit like down in the dumps lately. So I was trying to watch things to cheer me up. So I've been watching a lot of Mm -hmm. Ted Lasso. Um, I, I don't know, it just gives me so much joy, but also like, I, I was like very trying to be very good and like limit myself to watch like one a day. Sometimes I rewatch episodes because I don't I'm not a usually a person who rewatches episodes of things. Especially things I only like I don't yeah, like you know, as I said last week, you know, I watched some Superstore and Friends, like that's the stuff I rewatch. But like like I'll watch a sh- episode and then rewatch that same episode. That's how good it is. And um because I was like, okay, one a day. Because I only need like that, need that one boost of like, of like, um, serotonin. Serotonin. And then like there'll be really bad days where I'll watch like three a day. <laughs> and like, and like <laughs> I judge my days and how many, how many Ted Lasso episodes I end, I end up watching. 
Okay, so I have seen so much buzz about this. Like my Twitter timeline is all about people going, Ted Lasso, have you seen the last episode? <laughs> and all I know is that it's amazingly feel good because everyone is talking about how it makes them happy. But I know nothing else about it. So like what is just the brief synopsis? So, okay, so basically um, it's this football um, soccer club in, um, in the UK, Premier League, whatever. And, and, the, and they have a new manager because the manager – and his wife get div- manager what the fuck? owner and his wife get divorced and um she okay. gets a club in the divorce and then she fires the old manager and she's hiring a new one then she hires this american football coach from america from usa and he comes over and like all the places like what the hell are you doing but she like um oh, she, she's hoping to like sabotage the club and stuff like that but he just automatically like wins everybody over and he's just like his whole vibe with coaching is like about um about like 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 making the players feel good with each other making them feel good about themselves and like just like very motivational but i mean there's it's not always happy like there's there's sad moments there's like trauma that people are going through it's like it's real. It feels real, but it's just like it's just such a joy to watch, and oh, just love it so much. So, it's from um, Jason Sudeikis, obviously one of the creators, and also Bill Lawrence, who made Scrubs and Cougar Town and that kind of oh, thing. So, so that yeah. sort of energy and vibe. So it's really funny Got as it. well, and it, yeah. But but like I quite um, I'm quite a fan of like of of. Well, I mean, not so much anymore, but I, I, I do like English football quite a lot. And put that with, like, good comedy, and it's just, it's like match made in heaven. And Jason Sudeikis, I love him. I wasn't I wasn't going to bring this up while we were recording, but then you mentioned English football and that you used to be a fan. And I was like, did you see Cristiano's back at Manchester? I did see that. I did see that. <laughs> To, to the crushing on people. They know, they know, they know. I'm sure they know. <laughs> we don't need to bring it up again. <laughs> I'm sure enough people on okay. this podcast says enough of my friends have been on the show and have want to embarrass me with that fact. So <laughs> they know. <laughs> I know. It feels like I'm in high school again. Cristiano is back at that um, United Manchester. I'm um, I'm the thing again. Like it's a lot of. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of callbacks in my life right now, but anyway, <laughs> no people from high school need to make a make a return. That's fine. No, no yeah, season, no season one, one character to make cameos. cameos. But but anyway, you know, and we we live and we learn. Um, watch Ted Lasso; it's a lovely show. Um, if you're looking for that serotonin, um, yeah, that's all from us this week. We will catch you in two weeks' time with episode five. Have a great week. Me, you can find at Karen Walby on Instagram, at Karen Walby's on Twitter, and sign up for my newsletter, Wild Streams, at wildstreams.substack.com. The podcast can be found at, at CrushingOnPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at what IGN's Crushing On on YouTube, and you can find more information about this and all our other episodes at our website, crushingonpodcast.com, and send any feedback to mail at crushingonpodcast.com. 
send us voice notes at plus two seven seven eight three six two two five six six. Join our Facebook group, Crushing On Club, where we chat about the show, celebrity news, recommendations, the whole shebang. The show is produced by me, Karen, and Rebecca Barchers. The show is edited and engineered by Rebecca Barchers, or admin is done by Leanne Philipson. Our logo was designed by Nathifa Maruf, and the show was created in partnership with IGN Africa. If you like the show, tell everyone that you can, any way that you can. Keep up to date with all of our episodes by subscribing to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please rate and review the episodes on Apple Podcasts as it helps others find the show. We'll be back in two weeks' time with another in-depth conversation with another pop culture lover. See you then. See you then.